When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View. Today we've got our week one episode ready for you guys. We're going to start things off with Are You Surprised? We're going to talk about things that surprise us most from week zero. Uh, then we're going to go ahead and look at who's been eating their Wheaties and who's been eating their cornflakes. That is a bad thing. Then we'll go to the big picture, we'll talk about some of the top stories from that short week zero, and we'll also look ahead to five, that's right, five top 25 matchup between two ranked teams, and then we'll throw out some upset picks. From there, Colts will take us to the group five, we'll talk about one for the little guy, then we'll go ahead and talk about Pac-12 stories, make those Pac-12 picks, and then we'll go into some fact or fiction before finishing out with some shenanigans in the spelling game and a mascot game. So we'll start things off are you surprised? You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. Hayden, what surprised you the most from week one? Or from week zero? Well, this may not necessarily be surprising given the state of this program, but we're going to take a little trip to Lincoln, Nebraska with the Cornhuskers, who I actually picked to win last week. I'm, I, I, I would say that I was surprisingly not I was okay we're just gonna not, not say that I, I, had a, I was I was surprised but I was not disappointed if that mm, makes sense yeah. it was I'm, fun I'm happy that my pick was incorrect because I'm not a big Nebraska guy but also the first play of the college football season was a safety and I score yeah I spent so much time scouring the internet trying to find out if that has ever been done before but what I did find out and I should have known this was that Nebraska is only one of three teams in history to ever allow three safeties in a game. Can you guys guess who that came against? To allow three safeties? Uh, Hawaii? Ohio State. ASU. ASU go. forced three safeties against Nebraska en route to a famous 19-0 upset win. In 1996. All right, we'll Shout take out it. the Devils. There we go. There we go. Uh, Cole, what surprised you from week zero? Okay, guys, not not gonna lie, week zero kind of sucked. Okay, <laughs> the, the games weren't that good, and then uh, once Hawaii was out of it, uh, I really didn't care. But what happened this weekend was the scam regarding Bishop Sycamore High School. Okay, so this is a fake high school that tricked ESPN into playing a national a nationally televised game against the best high school team in the nation, IMG Academy. So anyways, they played now two games in three days this past weekend, and the coach, this is like a mess, the coach has an active arrest warrant, okay, most of the players are JUCO dropouts, 
they're not even like 18, 17, they're not even high school age. Um, there's also all this news regarding them robbing grocery stores for food. Yeah. So this entire mess... It's an insane story. Right, this entire mess led them to, to losing 58 to nothing to IMG. But what an absolute mess on ESPN uh, this past weekend. That, I think, uh, caught everyone by surprise. Uh, typically expect ESPN to pick up on things like that. Uh, craziest part of that story I heard was the head coach had an arrest warrant out for him. So, yes. And I, he just got fired. So if you check Bishop Sycamore's Twitter, they're still defending themselves. It's very funny. Uh, but my biggest surprise from Week Zero, uh, that UConn still has a football program. We watched them, we watched <laughs> them go out and get absolutely slaughtered by Fresno State. Uh, just did not even look like a football program. And it makes me wonder, how is UConn still clinging to a football team? I have not seen UConn be even remotely good at the FBS level for so long, it feels like. It feels like UConn's football team is in the same tier as like Villanova's football team at this point, to where it's <laughs> like, it shouldn't really exist, especially at the FBS level. With all this conference realignment, we need a basketball school-only football conference. <laughs> Throw Villanova, Kansas, UConn in there. That would be must-see TV. Kentucky, it becomes a blue blood in that <laughs> conference. Yes. I, would, I would be there for that. Uh, from week zero, uh, we're going to be talking about who was eating their Wheaties. Better get your whole grain. I bet eat my Wheaties. So Colt, uh, who was eating their Wheaties in okay, week zero? Okay, so I'm going to lead off with the Mountain West guy. Jake Hayner, Fresno State quarterback. He went 20 of 26 uh, passing with 331 passing yards, three tutties, zero picks. And that also included... Uh, connecting with wide receiver Jalen Cropper on that 86-yard touchdown. Did you guys see that this past he, like, weekend? He broke like three tackles. It was like a five-on-one. And uh, Cropper just completely embarrassed UConn. Uh, that was my highlight of the Wheaties. Hey, I'm going to go with UTEP wide receiver Jacob Cowing. He's a small guy, 5'11", 170. He's from a small town, Maricopa, Arizona, just on the outskirts of the county. Find kind of weird how the town of Maricopa is not in Maricopa County, but that's <laughs> not here nor there. But he had a massive day against San, uh, New Mexico State. 158 yards, one touchdown on five catches, including one for 72 yards and a 30-3 to win. So I feel like you kind of always see these guys come out of smaller schools. They get to the NFL, and I think this guy is someone to keep your eye on because he's in his third season at UTEP. And he's averaged like 20 yards per touch in his career wow. at UTEP, which is impressive. insane. So look out for Jacob Cowing coming down the stretch this season. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I had to pick my guy solely based off of other factors um, other than the real world. Uh, Arthur Sikowski was the backup quarterback, came in for Illinois, and beat Nebraska. He threw 12 of 15 for 124 yards, two touchdowns. Not an impressive stat line at all. However... Going into this game, his touchdown to interception ratio was 8 touchdowns to 20 interceptions. On top of the fact that I played an NCAA 14 dynasty <laughs> with Arthur Sitowski and nearly won a Heisman Trophy with him. So based on that alone, I had to give him the Wheaties pick for me. That's why you eat your cereal even if you're the backup QB. Exactly. exactly. That's why you eat your Wheaties. Yes. Now, Wheaties has a pretty big rival, and that is the Corn Flake. Uh, and we, we, as we all know, as Michael Jordan has taught us, eating your Wheaties gets you ready for game day. If you're eating your cornflakes, you're not ready. I can start things off. Day Day Hunter for Hawaii, he was eating his cornflakes this week, unfortunately. Seven carries, 20 yards, 
part of a just pathetic, abysmal running game for Hawaii that just immediately got shut out of their game plan. They were just forced to just pass and pass and pass, and unfortunately it just got worse and worse for them down the stretch. He was eating their cornflakes. Hayden, who else was eating their cornflakes? Well, if I could pick a coach, I would say Todd Graham, because he called all three timeouts before the first quarter even <laughs> ended, which is a very Todd Graham move. But I'm going to go with New Mexico State quarterback Jonah Jackson. And the stats uh, speak for themselves. 8 of 24 for 82 yards, <laughs> bottoming out with a QBR of 5.2. And for perspective, the average is about 50. And that's just average. <laughs> a little so, bit of average, yeah. Um, tough day for him <laughs> and the Aggies. Colts, uh, who, who was eating their cornflakes? The entire state of Hawaii was eating their cornflakes, okay? <laughs> I've been waiting eight months for this Hawaii versus UCLA game. And all I see is the entire roster, from Todd Graham all the way to the special teams, Matthew Shipley, everyone's been eating their cornflakes. When you come <laughs> out to the Rose Bowl on national TV when the slate of games are atrocious and you're like the premier game that day and you come out losing 44-10, to 10, the, spe the special teams was embarrassing. <laughs> giving UCLA the ball at the 15-yard line on a bad snap, taking a knee on a punt. I mean, come on, and then you come out of the second half, punt block for a touchdown. I mean, we went to Walmart at the second <laughs> half of that game. That Costco. Was Costco. We went to Costco. Costco, that's right, yeah. It uh, was the Hawaii Little League team also eating their cornflakes? You know, they, <laughs> they were eating their Wheaties for a good two weeks, and then on Saturday they decided, oh, let's change it up a little bit. Let's throw in some bananas and cornflakes. And so they <laughs> lost too. <laughs> All right, bananas and cornflakes, the diet of the Hawaiian Little League team. You heard it here first. We're going to go ahead and jump forward into the big picture. Uh, we'll start by, I guess we already touched on the Bishop Sycamore. Uh, really bizarre story, one of the craziest stories we've seen in a while. Uh, I want to plug myself real quick. Uh, I went 5-0 and last week. Oh, yeah, relax. It's week zero, but I, you know, I knew Nebraska was going to lose. I knew Hawaii was going to lose. Just to my own horn. But let's talk about one of those games. Uh, Scott Frost. People are memeing him. He's getting roasted. He just lost another game. Only 12 wins in three-plus seasons now at Nebraska. Is Scott Frost in trouble? Big trouble. And it's just kind of funny how in college football, these perfect marriages just seem to, like, rarely work out. You know, Tom Herman at Texas, that was supposed to be a match made in heaven. He was gone after, what was it, three years. And, yeah. you know, there's been countless other examples. Jim Harbaugh has underachieved greatly at Michigan. And you could argue Scott Frost has been the worst out of all of those guys. Not to mention, you know, the NCAA's poking into their uh, some some for, of their for practicing too much <laughs> for practicing There's zero during COVID. evidence that they've been practicing too much. Yeah, but a uh, tough tenure for Scott Frost, and it's it's going to be a short leash this year. So I, we'll see what happens. I always feel like Nebraska was under Scott Frost just loses within the first like three weeks of the season, and all that hype. Uh, for, you know, potentially Nebraska is back, is gone. And so when you keep doing this to a fan base, uh, I know especially when you do this, especially at Hawaii, being a Hawaii fan, this sucks. And so I would hate to be a Cornhusker fan right now. I think Scott Frost has got to get out of there. Okay. Based on what you saw in Week Zero and maybe other factors, who else do you think is in trouble headed into the season as far as head coaches go? You could make an argument for Herm Edwards, um, as much as that sucks. Uh, I think Gus Malzahn, I've, I've heard his name oh, yeah. come up a little bit just with his uh, his handling of things at, at UCF. And another one is, is Brian Harson. weirdly, at Auburn. 
he it was already yeah Brian Harson before and Gus Malzahn for that matter both of those guys haven't coached a single game and just for some protocols and handlings of things their names have come under fire so I doubt they'll get canned before they even get to take the sidelines for their respective teams but it's it's a little early drama for that. there we'll drama. see right yeah. I mean I love the guy but I think Nick Rolovich I mean there's been a lot of controversy that he has been spewing throughout the offseason, especially related, you know, to his views on the pandemic and things like that. And um, I, I think his Makes a shorter could, leash. Right, makes it a shorter leash. And if he doesn't, you know, perform this season, I don't know. He might not be there, uh, you know, going forward. All right. Uh, we head forward to talk about our week one picks. Big games this week. I'll skip over this first one because it's a big one. And, and we'll start with one of the lighter games, still a big one. We've got number 17, Indiana, coming off a very surprisingly good year, traveling on the road in week one to play 18, Iowa. Colt, we'll start with you. Uh, one word, Michael Penix Jr. <laughs> that was three words. Yeah, but the emphasis <laughs> on one of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael. Um, so, yeah, Michael Penix Jr., this guy is back, and I think Indiana continues the success from last season. Although it's at Iowa, and I love that the wave thing that they do to the Children's Hospital. It's pretty there. hype. That is the most hype part of that game. But honestly, I think Indiana walks into Iowa and, uh, yeah, starts off the season with a bang. All right, Hayden, tough road game for the Hoosiers. Who you got? This is a very intriguing game, and I think we could all agree, Iowa, for the longest time, they're up there with, with Stanford and Wisconsin. It's just one of the most identifiable programs in terms of how they play. They keep it the same recipe every year, and it almost always works out. Big physical team, tight ends all over the field, and they're going to make very few mistakes. But Indiana has talent all over the field, especially on the perimeters and at the skill positions. You guys mentioned Michael Penix Jr. The guy is just solid. Um, <laughs> he is a great, great quarterback. Also... <laughs> Ty Freifogel, wide receiver, very underrated, and fifth-year senior running back Stephen Carr returns. So I think the Hoosiers get it done on the road. So, yeah, I definitely agree with what you guys have said. Indiana, solid team last year, but Iowa, too consistent. So I'm going to go ahead and go against the grain here. I've got the Hawkeyes winning this matchup. Exciting game for college football. Michael Penix Jr., he just goes in every game. All right, we've got number one Alabama versus number 14 Miami. I believe this is the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. So uh, I'm going to just start off and say there's no way Miami's in this game in the second half. Bama, I think, steamrolls the Hurricanes. Yeah, I think, I think Derek King is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in college football. I know he's had some big NIL deals this offseason. I think he'll make some flashy plays early in the game, keeping Miami in it after you know the first quarter. But after that, it's going to be all Bama. That depth is absurd. They're breaking in the richest true freshman quarterback in the history of football in hmm. Bryce Young, Alabama, Quinn, that is. Quinn signed a $1.4 million deal. Okay. Today. So he, today. He's not even he's in not college even starting. yet. Yeah. So, but I, I would agree with you. Alabama, big. Uh, Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays, but Bama has a lot of players that will be playing on Sundays. Hey, I okay, I like that, that. I think they have the better talent, and they're going to come out with a bang. All right. Uh, just like Michael Penix Jr. against Iowa. Next, we have Penn State at Wisconsin. Penn State is number 19 in the country. Wisconsin is number 12. A uh, lot of uncertainty about both these teams. You've got a Wisconsin team that played maybe less than five games last year, and then a Penn State team that was winless through five games last year. 
Yeah, I think this game is all about the quarterbacks proving themselves. I think that's all it's going to boil down to. You have Graham Mertz at Wisconsin. I, I believe he's going to be a junior this year. He's been there for a while. He was a very hyped prospect coming out of high school in Kansas City. And he ousted Jack Cohn, who was very successful. He's now the starter at Notre now Dame. Now the starter at Notre Dame. And there's a lot of people in the Wisconsin camp that still would have preferred Jack Cohn. So this is a big season for Graham Mertz to prove himself. And on the flip side, you have Sean Clifford, who has had some flashy moments at Penn State. He needs to prove himself but, this year. But for the most part, I would say he's been not quite at the level that Trace McSorley was yes. at while, while he was there. But I, I'm going to take Wisconsin because I like them to run the ball, dominate time of possession, and make fewer mistakes. Yeah, I think Penn State was one of the teams that got hit the hardest by the COVID bug last year and having players not eligible to play. And they were just missing so many guys. And injuries were piling on top of that. And Wisconsin is a team that I think is very talented. I think Ram Mertz has a lot of potential. However, I think the experience that Sean Clifford has and this Penn State team is going to come out. They're going to get an impressive road victory in week one. I've got Penn State winning. Guys, I'm going with with Wisconsin. Well, that's a tongue twister. Uh, Penn State, uh, they were dookie last year. Um, I, I don't think they figured it out. Dookie? I think, yeah, they were dookie. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I think Wisconsin's going to handle business at home, uh, especially because they're ranked so high as well. All right. Uh, game four of five in the top 25 games. We've got 23 Louisiana at 21 Texas. A trendy upset pick here. Colt, who you got? Oh, I got Texas. Okay. I, Louisiana had flashes last season where, oh, are they going to be the Cinderella this season? Uh, no, that was last year. This is this year. Steve Sarkeesian coming into Texas. There's no way he loses his first game here. Uh, I think Louisiana is one of the biggest beneficiaries of the COVID eligibility rule. And I think that's going to show. And I think Steve Sarkeesian is going to have his hands full in a nightmarish game to have in your first game. I've got Louisiana pulling off the upset on the road. I'm hopping on the bandwagon with you. Did you guys know what Steve Sarkeesian's nickname was at Washington? Sark? Seven win Sark. Because <laughs> he, he turned that program into just a 7-5 and five machine. And I think he's in line for more of the same at Texas. I mean... Texas has had so much bad luck in non-conference play over the last few years. It's ridiculous. Cal they, owns them. They, they missed uh, the PAT against Cal. That ruined the Charlie Strong era before it even started. Tom Herman couldn't beat Maryland. Taysom Hill abused Texas back-to-back -back years. Yep, at, at BYU. Oh, man. <clears throat> so I, would, I agree. I think Billy Napier, he former ASU uh, offensive coordinator, he's a schematic genius. I think he's a future SEC head coach. And I think UL Lafayette gets it done, pulling off a stunner. All right. Raging Cajuns. The Raging Cajuns, baby. And now we have the biggest game. You knew this one was coming. In the Duke Mayo Classic. Anticlimactic <laughs> Anticlimactic game. <laughs> number five, Georgia, versus number three, Clemson. Neutral side game. This is what you love to see. We hope it's not like Florida State-Bama was a few years ago, where Bama just rolled over them, and Florida State ended up going like six and six. But... Huge game. Who wants to start this one off? I'll, I'll take it. I'm going to go with the dogs. I'm going to take Georgia. The, the dogs in every sense of the word. Underdogs, bulldogs, you name it. JT Daniels, I think he's going to make his case for being the top quarterback in Ooh. next year's draft. I don't think he'll put up gaudy numbers against Clemson's defense, but I do think he'll perform just better than DJ Uyangalele. And I wasn't blown away by his performance last year. I do think he'll look better this year. But I think at the end of the day, Clemson's going to struggle with Georgia's size yeah. and physicality. So I've got the dogs. I think uh, last year, I think Clemson was shaky. And they were shakier than people thought. 
and they didn't have a ton of chances to get exposed for their shakiness until they played Ohio State, and then they got really badly exposed. And I think that this Georgia team, they are one of the most talented, if not the most talented team in the country. I think Kirby Smart finally pulls it together this year, at least in week one. I got Georgia winning this ballgame. I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to no. go with my Heisman pick, DJ Uyunglele. Mm. And then, um, I should have known that pick was coming. Of course, right. I have to pick the, the Polynesian pride guy. Uh, but, yes, I'm going to go with Clemson. I do think uh, that, they, that they're going to beat Georgia in this game. And uh, I think DJ is going to prove that he's, you know, the Heisman guy of this season right early on and take that leap over Spencer Rattler. All right. Uh, upset picks. Colt, what's your upset pick this week? Virginia Tech, Friday night in Blacksburg. Woo! Okay, that's going to be a hostile environment. I think Justin Fuente, he's kind of been on the hot seat. I think he's going to prove that he's legit beating Mac Brown in uh, number 10 North Carolina. All right, Hayden? I'm going to stay in the Pac-12. I'm going to take UCLA over LSU. And wow. That's a very hot take. And it won't be because of that rowdy Rose Bowl environment that filled about, I would say, 20% of the <laughs> seats against Hawaii. But I think Chip Kelly is going to unleash the playbook. I mean, he is going to just throw it all out there, leave it all on the line. And I think he's going to get his signature win. I think they're going to catch LSU sleeping a little bit. All right. And, you know, I'm not crazy about the Tigers. I think they'll be better this year than they were last year. Agreed. But I'm thinking like 8-4, and 9-3 and three range for LSU. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about UCLA this year. I think I was very impressed with how they looked last week. All right. Uh, and then mine, Ohio State on the road versus Minnesota. What are these Big Ten games right now on, in week one? They, they are screwing their teams over. I think Minnesota takes out the Buckeyes. In week one, you've got a very wow. talented team. P.J. Fleck has stuck with his squad. He's got faith in them. And last year, a little bit of a fluky year. If you just remember the year before that, Minnesota was one of the dogs in the country. They ended up beating Auburn in a bowl game, too. They were legit. I've got them beating Ohio State in a big upset in week one. Roll the boat. Roll the boat, baby. And uh, that's it for the big picture. Uh, we go down to a little bit of a smaller scale. But, hey, one for the little guy. Colt? All right. So, I don't really have one this week. I have two. Two for the two little guy. Two for the little guy. Okay, so I'm going to pick a game here. Boise State at UCF. This is a huge game Thursday night. It's going to be in primetime on ESPN. Okay, Andy Avalos making his head coaching debut for Boise State. Former Oregon defensive coordinator. Yeah. Okay, they added the Ducks running back, Cyrus Habibi Likio. Yeah, and he did really well against ASU that, that one game. And Too so, bad they lost. Right, they're also returning quarterback, <laughs> Hank Bachmeyer. They also have in the, on the defense, Kekalo Kanijo, who's from Hawaii, I might add. Nice pronunciation. Of course. And then UCF, who do they have? Gus Malzahn making his UCF head coaching debut, the former Auburn head coach. UCF had a 6-4 and four season last year, but what else do they have? They have Dylan Gabriel. Where is he from? Hawaii. Probably Hawaii, yeah. Of course. Okay. So last season he dropped 3,570 passing yards, 32 touchdowns, 4 picks. This game is huge. And when we're talking about the New Year's Six yeah. and potential teams that could crack, you know, you know, even winning the American, winning the Mountain West, this is huge. And so I think this could be a game that, I don't know, maybe we're talking about playoff down the road too. All right. Definitely two teams that have, have had their cases in the past. Of course. Who you got winning? Oh, I've got to go with the Hawaii guy, Dylan Gabriel, UCF. Fair, completely fair. Uh, what we expected. Uh, now we're going to jump back into the Pac-12 side of things. Uh, 
pretty much the only Pac-12 story from last week because it's the only Pac-12 game. Is UCLA good? Are they to be believed as legit? No. Hawaii sucks. That, that's <laughs> what it is. Okay? I, I admit, like, I hyped up Hawaii a lot. I thought they were going to go undefeated, but, you know, obviously I was wrong. Um, Hawaii just did not look good. However, though, UCLA's running game, uh, Zach Charbonnet, that guy is legit. However, I felt like... Surprised he didn't get a Wheaties nod. Yeah, I feel like Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he he started off very quiet to start the game. Like, he did, you know, have flashes in the second half. It's a quiet 44-10 win. Right, <laughs> but half of that was the running game. So I definitely think that if LSU shuts down the running game, it's going to force a lot of pressure on that QB position, and I don't know if UCLA is going to be able to hold on, especially with LSU coming into town this weekend. Hmm. I think I think UCLA I I think they're going to they're going to be somewhere in the Utah tier and if you remember my predictions from last week I have USC and ASU kind of in that tier 1 in the south and then I've got Utah UCLA in that tier 2. So I think they I think the ceiling is is going to be a Pac-12 South championship. I think they have the talent and if Chip Kelly's got any inkling of what he had at Oregon left in him then UCLA could catch lightning in a bottle this season and be very dangerous. But, I mean, it depends on what you think for real is. You know, I mean, I think yeah. they'll be good. I think they'll be kind of 8-4, and 7-5 and five type team. I think, obviously, they'll pick off LSU. But they're also a team that I would circle for someone like Arizona to beat, who would easily, easily catch someone sleeping. So I'm excited about the Bruins, but I also have my reservations. Okay. Uh, that's it for the Pac-12 stories. Like I said, UCLA, only team to play. So we've got, I believe it is 12, it is 12 Pac-12 games this week. Very exciting. There are four of them against FCS opponents. Um, I'll just rattle them off. Southern Utah at ASU, Weber State at Utah, Northern Colorado at Colorado, and Montana at Washington. Uh, any FCS upsets there out of those four games? No, sir. No. Okay. Not gonna happen. Anything of note, perhaps? ASU might rush for 500 yards. Okay. I mean, that's... Fair enough. You know, we'll see what happens, but I, I don't think there's any real team yeah. that could pick off it. So it's safe to say those are all going to go the Pac-12's way. Arizona State and Utah both ranked opportunities to rise further. Right. Let's get into the first legit game. We've got Oregon State traveling on the road to play Purdue. Very interesting game, in my opinion. I'm going to take Oregon State. I think too many times in the past they've they've kind of played it close against a big team, and I'm not saying Purdue is a big team, but yeah, I you know I a, t a game or a, a a game against someone who is equivalent and or better than them, and they just haven't been able to pull it off. I think finally Jonathan Smith gets what I would call maybe his signature win so far at Oregon State. The Civil War win last year was right. Okay, probably uh, the his signature. best non-conference win. Yeah, definitely going on the road against a team who's had some pretty recent success. I think Oregon State gets it done. I think this game is going to be super close. I'm I'm taking Purdue. They're currently a seven-point favorite, um, and the only reason why I'm taking Purdue is that uh, because it's Tyler's favorite team. Because <laughs> Oregon State. Okay, fair enough. Um, you know, I think Oregon State definitely covers. I think they will cover. Uh, do I think they win? I do think they win. And I think Jonathan Smith has actually got a good roster. He has got a good team out there. He's got a team that want, went 
five and seven two years ago, first last real season, and then last season was a COVID year. Still got some quality wins, but then you can't really trust a lot of what you saw down the stretch last season for a lot of teams. It's it's what same philosophy I'm holding for teams like Penn State and LSU who had abysmal seasons by their standards. And so I think Oregon State gets this road against Purdue, especially because Purdue lost a lot of talent from last season, including Rondell Moore and some of those explosive guys on the outside. Uh, so I've got the Beavs. So it's 2-1 to one Beavs. Let's go. Uh, next game, uh, we've got Stanford at Kansas State. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, Stanford, and we'll go Colt afterwards. Stanford has a history of winning these out-of-conference games. Um, you talk about a game they had versus Vanderbilt a while ago, Northwestern two years ago. Uh, they beat Notre Dame. They're just really good. Just like Hayden said earlier, they're like Iowa. They have an identity. They stick with it. So I have Stanford beating Kansas State in this one on the road. Hey guys, I've got Kansas State. I believe this game is actually at AT&T Stadium. It's oh, part it's a neutral of, site? It's part of some neutral okay. site game on Fox. But I do have Kansas State. It's also a little bit closer you know, to where they're playing. I don't think Stanford is good enough on offense. And I did have them towards the bottom uh, in the Pac-12. All right, Hayden? Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this game quite a bit, and I think these two teams are pretty similar in terms of kind of where their expectations are coming into the season. I think they're both going to be playing for a bowl game rather than challenging in their respective conferences. Mm, yep. But I'm going to take Kansas State pretty much for the same reasons. Colt said it's, it's a little bit closer to Kansas, so they'll have more of a fan base. Stanford has one of the worst fan bases in the Pac-12. Sorry. <laughs> Um, it's because it's a nerd school. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I, part of me says David Shaw is going to pull it together this year. He's such a great coach. And Stanford, no longer a star-studded roster. They're, they're going to turn it around. But I just I don't think so. I think they lost too much last year, and I think they dropped this one. Is this a must-win for David Shaw? Uh, I, I wouldn't I call think, it a must-win. I think it's a must-get-to-a-bowl-game season Yeah. Okay. at the very least. Uh, next game, Fresno State at Oregon. Low-key, Fresno State could be a sneaky upset pick in this one. Hayden? I'm going to take the Ducks, but I do think Fresno State could keep it close. I mean, they, they squashed a UConn, who, who we said is, you know, should be playing teams like Bishop Sycamore and whatnot. <laughs> but <laughs> I do think they could give the, the Ducks a run. It could be close at halftime, but I do think Oregon State pulls away as the second half gets on and the Ducks start the season 1-0. Cool. Guys, Fresno State was dominant against UConn last week, <laughs> but but contrary to what you might think, I'm picking the Ducks. Ah. I, I think they have way too much they talent. They Hawaiian guys. They, they might even <laughs> win the Pac-12. I don't even think Fresno State's going to win the Mountain West. I got Oregon. Yeah, I think the Ducks are going to win this one. Although, don't be surprised if around the half you've got like a 24-21 or 24-14 ball game. I think Fresno State is going to make some plays that will make this game more than just a snooze fest, but I do think the Ducks win due to their physicality. Cristobal's got a great team this year. Uh, San Jose State at USC, another Mountain West matchup, one of either three or four. We had four. A lot. Uh, and so San Jose State at USC, I can start off by saying USC, I think, is going to be great this year. I think they win this game. I think it could be similar to the Ducks score. I think it could be uh, not as dominant as you think, but USC controls the game with their physicality. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think... Actually, I think it's going to be the reverse. I think they'll start out hot, and then as the game gets on, San Jose State kind of sneaks back in, and they slowly kind of make it look worse than it really is type of situation, you know, where it's like 35 to 14, <laughs> and then it's 35 to 17, then to 24, and then USC's got to put the starters back in, something like that. Mm. But I do think the Trojans are going to get it done. 
Yeah, I've got San Jose State. Okay, Whoa. they were my pick last week, one for the little guy, to win the Mountain West and potentially even crack the playoff. And so I'm standing behind my pick to have San Jose State be the best team in California, beating USC. Nick Starkle looked good last week against Southern Utah. You can't deny <laughs> Southern Utah. that he looked good. Yeah, even though it's Southern Utah, he looked good. I got San Jose State beating USC, Spartan on. All right. I mean, no no surprise there. Uh, we've got LSU at UCLA. Hayden, I know you already foreshadowed your pick. You've got the Bruins winning. Mm-hmm. Any any further elaboration on that? or No, I, I mean, maybe I think DTR will obviously have to, and I do think he will perform better than he did against Hawaii. And I do think actually Derek Stingley is going to get one or two picks in that game. It'll be close, but I think they're going to ride Charbonnet, and I think they will shut down. LSU's offense, and I think UCLA shocks the world. I got LSU. UCLA only beat Hawaii because Hawaii was trash. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I don't want to overreact because UCLA is one team in the Pac-12 we saw play, and they looked they looked darn good. But I don't want to overreact based on that one game, and what I had coming into the season was LSU winning this game over UCLA. I'm going to stand by that pick. I think LSU goes like 7-5 and five this year. I do not think they're a great team. I think Orgeron is... Looking at a, I, the SEC, I think, had the least strange season out of anyone last year. They had the most normal season. And so you can't just disregard LSU's five and five year. That's, that's pretty, pretty reliable stuff as far as the sample size. So I have, I have LSU winning this game, but not being very great down the stretch. Uh, then we have another Mountain West matchup Nevada at Cal. Guys, I got Nevada. Carson Strong was wow. really good last, last season. This guy's kind of been on some people's radars. For like you know, top quarterback in the group of five, you know maybe he maybe he's a top ten QB in the nation. I think Nevada gets it done at Cal. This is a sneaky good game. I definitely agree. I think it is a very sneaky good game. I think this game will be competitive. I think Strong will make some plays. He'll be flashy. He'll definitely get on some people's national radar. But I think Cal's defense just makes that extra play under Justin Wilcox. Cal has been one of those teams that has been very very impressive out of conference, getting some wins over Texas. I know they got a win over Ole Miss a few years ago. Uh, just They've gotten some nice, solid wins out of conference in recent memory, so I've got Cal winning it. You took the words right out of my mouth, both of you guys. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. I think it's going to be close. I think it'll be decided late in the fourth quarter, but I do think Cal gets that extra turnover, that extra stop, and they win a very close one-score decision. It's a tough game. I think it's going to be a tough game for Cal. Big tester. Next one, BYU at U Arizona. Well, I don't even know who Arizona's starting at quarterback, and that can never be a good sign. <laughs> I know they've got a few options, and, you know, it's it's always a bad sign when the roster's in flux a week before the season. But mm. BYU, I don't think, is going to be anything special this year. I think they're going to be playing for a bowl game. I, I, I think BYU has had one of the widest ranges of expectations coming into the season. I saw someone pick them to go 9-3 and three and beat ASU. I've seen some people pick them to go 5-7. and seven. I think they'll fall somewhere in the middle, and I think it all starts with a win over the Wildcats. I would agree. I think BYU gets the win here, uh, and I agree pretty much exactly what you said. I think they fall somewhere in the middle between that 5-7, and 9-3. and three. They'll probably push a bowl game, but Arizona just doesn't have a lot going for them right now. A lot of uncertainty, especially at the quarterback position for both schools, but I think when you look at the systems here, you have Arizona has a brand new program, new head coach, and BYU is returning Kalani Sataki and a whole bunch of other players, especially their running back, Tyson Algier. So 
I think uh, BYU rolls in this one. Okay. Last game, we've got Utah State at Washington State. I'll start off. Is uh, is I hope he's not. I hope uh, Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson is not still the head coach there. We're gonna find. All out. I know is at the, either he's still the head coach there and their program is still in shambles, or he got fired and their program is left in shambles by him. He did the same thing to Oregon State. Looks like they got Blake Anderson now, so. They don't have to endure him anymore. I've got Washington State dominating this game. Uh, however, I don't think it'll be an indicator of Washington State's season. Well, I know we glossed over this game, and this is completely unrelated. I'm sorry. But Gary Anderson has joined Weber State. So rest in peace <laughs> to that program. They had a good run as the best team in the big sky. Uh. And uh, expect them to crater and then have a midseason coaching change next year. But <laughs> I'm going to take Wazoo over the Aggies week one. I'm going with Nick Rolovich. I mean, he was the head coach. Yeah, at just Nick Rolovich I'm is winning. Nick Rolovich. Washington State's not even winning. It's Nick no, Rolovich. It's just Nick Rolovich beating Utah State. And why is that? He was the former Hawaii, uh, not only quarterback, but head coach. He knows the Mountain West like the back of his hand. He'll be handling business this weekend. Fair you, enough. What would you do if Nick Rolovich became the quarterback at Washington State? Because that just happened at South Carolina. They're, one of their grad assistants oh, yeah. won the starting job at quarterback, Zed, Zed Neuer or something. I, I forget mean, then it would be a QB battle between two Hawaii guys. You have Nick Rolovich oh, versus Colts J- head would explode Delora. Or Jared Guarantano. Nah. Yeah, but he's <laughs> not from Hawaii, so it doesn't matter. Fair enough. I don't know if you guys saw, uh, Beavers named Sam Neuer their starting quarterback. I, I kind of like that so, move. I, 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 I think that's a good call. I was a huge Sam Neuer fan, the transfer from Colorado. I just wanted to bring up a side note. Do you think it... It helps or hurts the Pac-12 that they're playing a whole bunch of non-conference games as opposed to the Big Ten where they're already starting a lot of conference games early in the week. I think uh, it's such a big help. Like I was saying, what is the Big Ten doing? Like, week one road conference games are brutal. Week one conference games in general. You haven't tuned up. You haven't figured out who you are as a team yet. There's so many uncertainties. Right. I-, I think it's brutal what's happening in the Big Ten right now. I agree. And... I think the Pac-12 got tripped up because when the BCS was in its final stages and we were transitioning to the college football playoff, everyone was all about strength of schedule. So while the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the Big 12 loaded up, the SEC just kept doing what they were doing, scheduling three cupcakes and then the ACC cross-division thing. Yeah. And look who it's benefited, the ACC and the SEC. Everyone else has kind of fallen in the rearview mirror. So True. I think it's good that they're scheduling cupcakes early in the season. Agreed. That's that's it for the Pac-12 little section there. We'll jump forward and we'll do some fact or fiction. So here we go. First one. Nebraska is already eliminated from the college football playoff. Fact. Fact. They were eliminated before the season started. No, <laughs> that's poor Nebraska. All right. It seems like someone throws them in as a dark horse every year and it just causes some eye rolls and slaps to the face. All right, fact or fiction, an FCS team will defeat an FBS team in week one. At, yes, Kansas plays South Dakota in week one, in case you were wondering. Fact. Yes, Northern Iowa beats Iowa State. Whoa! Where was that in your upset wow. thing? <laughs> you know, it just came, just came to me. Wow, all right, Cole with an epiphany. If you're a betting man, put some money on that. Fact or fiction, that, that's not actual advice from Pacific <laughs> We don't give betting advice. Fact or fiction, there will be two top ten upsets, upsets, meaning an unranked team will beat them this week. I'll say fiction. I think we could see one. I think the one Colt mentioned, Virginia Tech, North Carolina. Did you say Northern Iowa Iowa State? (laughs) 
No, no, not uh, Virginia Tech, North Carolina. I think that one has the potential to be an upset, but I don't think we'll see two. I think we'll see two. Um, I don't know which two, but let's just say. Chaos. How about the two you picked? You picked Virginia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> it just came to him. He doesn't remember. Okay. Right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> fact or fiction? The Citadel gives Coastal Carolina a game. Fact. Fiction. Coastal Carolina is pretty good. Hayden, why'd you say fact? They're on the triple option. Mm. That is always a big problem for any program. I've seen the best teams really struggle. Alabama for had a game against the Citadel at halftime. I think it was a couple years ago. So. I would I would pay good money to see that halftime speech from Nick Saban. <laughs> My goodness, that was probably hilarious. All right, fact or fiction, Brees Hall goes over 150 yards against Northern Iowa. Fiction. Oh, fiction. He gets pulled before he can get there. Cole thinks there's an upset, so. Yes. Fair enough. Exactly. Uh, we're giving betting advice again. Fact or fiction, <laughs> UNC covers the five-and-a-half-point spread versus Virginia Tech. Uh, fiction, I got Virginia Tech winning that game. I'll say fact, they win by a touchdown. Okay, there we go. Fact or fiction, Anthony Brown, just named the starting quarterback for the Ducks, shines in a win versus Fresno State. I'll say fiction in that I don't think he'll do anything special, and Oregon's going to keep it real simple heading into that Ohio State game. So I don't think he'll he'll get anyone's hopes too high, but I don't think he'll be terribly disappointing. Yep, Fiction, I don't think it's the QB position that's going to uh, be the deci- deciding factor in this game. Under Cristobal, even with Herbert there, it's always been the run game that's come first. Uh, fact or Fiction, there's a Sunday game? It's either Sunday or Monday. Might be a Monday game. There's both. For Louisville versus Ole Miss? It's a Monday game. Monday game. There's a Monday game between Louisville and Ole Miss. Uh... Fact or fiction, one of those two teams will be ranked at some point this year. Fact. fact. I think Ole Miss, or, or if Louisville steals it, they could be right up there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Definitely in the better conference. Thank Kiffin. And when they beat Alabama, they'll be really ranked. Oh, yeah. Let's go. They're going to be top ten. Here we go. Fact or fiction, the winner of Boise State UCF has the best shot at a, being the group of five representative in the New Year's Six. New Year's Six. Huh. Fiction. Uh, that belongs to San Jose State and Cincinnati. Wow. Um, I'll say fiction in that I think with Texas losing to UL Lafayette, that'll put UL Lafayette at the forefront. But if Texas okay, take care of business, USC takes care of business, then yes. Okay, fair enough. And fact or fiction, Portland State runs for oh, 300 God. yards and beats Hawaii. Please fiction. Please fiction. I'll say that's that's the first part will be fiction, but I think the second part is very much a possibility. <laughs> I'm not not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't rule it out. Guys, Hawaii's pretty much playing in a high school stadium this weekend. There'll be no fans in attendance. I'm really scared for this game, especially <laughs> after seeing what happened last week. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. We're going to go ahead and torture Colt now. Oh, uh, we oh, have the spelling game. As if that last question wasn't Exactly. I, I, I threw that in there special for you. Let me turn my screen here so you can't see. Um, I'll start off because I saw Hayden's already, and I really want to save Hayden's for last. <laughs> um, so here we go, Colt. Are you ready? Yep. This is a freshman wide receiver for Stanford. Okay. David Kasemervis. Kasemervis. Okay, so we start with There's David. There's a confirmed uh, pronunciation on this, uh, but yeah. Okay. Uh, David, D-A-V-I-D. Okay, you got the first name okay. correct. Everybody, a round of applause for Colt Almodelli. So I'm not as bad as Jared so far. No. Yeah. Okay, so next word, what, what is it? Kasemervis. Kasemervis. C. Incorrect. <laughs> Case? Kasemervis. K- 
Kesa Mervis. Kesa Mervis. K. Correct. A. Yep. S. Also correct. Can I buy a vowel? Can I get an E? You can buy a vowel. That is correct. K. Okay. Case. A Mervis. A. Incorrect. Oh man. Back that to is, back vowels. That is ugly. So this is what we had called. It was K A S E M E R B I S Z. Kesa Mervis. Just a brutal name. Back-to-back -back freshmen that have gotten Colt. I thought I was going to get the back-to-back -back vowels. I thought it was going to be kind of a weird thing going See, on that, there. that you know what? It's, it's about overthinking it. It happens. Uh, we've got perhaps the greatest <laughs> name in spelling game history, and Hayden is going to oh hit us with boy. it. I'm nervous to even read this name, just for perspective. And I'm breaking the rules. Hopefully I'm going. not listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's from Hawaii, so just be careful oh, what you share this with. Hopefully my family's not listening. <laughs> he went to Henry Perrine Baldwin High School, if you know where that is. He went to Baldwin, so he's from Maui. He's a Maui guy. Okay. He's a Maui guy. You might okay. know how to spell his name then. <laughs> okay. So this guy plays at Southern Utah. Wow. Um, that's, you know, I was scouring their roster. Oh, no, this... I know this guy. <laughs> Bro, okay. you know this guy. <laughs> his name. Hey, Hayden, just get it out of the way. Laakia? Kaho Ohanohano Davis. Okay, so the first one is Laakea. Yeah. That's L A Okina A K E A. Oh my god, he could get this. Did you did he get the first name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh. Oh. So okay. Laakea is my middle name. Okay. Oh, there we go. Wow. There we go. Okay. Okay. So we have Laakea what? Kaho Ohanohano Davis. Kaho Ohanohano Davis. K A. Mm-hmm. Okina O? No. No. Oh, so oh that that is rough. Kao Ohano Hano Davis. K A O. Ah, no. How do you, let me see this guy's name. You're not welcome back to the island. Laakia Koho Hano Davis. Laakia Koho Hano Hano Davis. Mm -hmm. Wow. The longest name in, in spelling game history. I do not know this guy. He's a redshirt junior, so... I'll, I'll spell it out, the last name. K-H-O... Okina O. Okina O-H-A-N-O-H-A-N-O apostrophe Davis. Yes. That's a tough one. Not even the Hawaiian can get that You were close. Fun fact, La'akia means sacred light. So he could be the sacred light against ASU this weekend. Let's hope not. Yeah. That does it for the spelling game. We'll go ahead and hop on into the mascot matchup. We've got another fun one this week. We are now doing the Big South Conference. Let's go through the mascots. We have the Fighting Camels. Let's go! The Buccaneers, the Bulldogs, Pirates, the Owls, the Hawks, the Lions, Aggie the Bulldog, and then the Colonials. So, uh, some, some food for thought here. Okay. I'm just thinking about camels fighting right now. That's the first thing that I can Can we, like, mind. pull up a YouTube video yeah. of a camel, like, getting uh, in a defensive <laughs> National position. Geographic of camels yeah, fighting. Look, look it up. Just look up a camel fight. I honestly think if a camel was upset, that it could very dangerous. easily kill a bulldog. Easily. I would just say. And, a, and Aggie the bulldog. Aggie the bulldog is worse than the bulldog. I think Aggie the bulldog is out. That's a lame name. Stupid name. Yeah. Goodbye, Aggie. Let's go owls versus hawks. Owl, okay, the two birds. Wait, wait, aerial. we have to know who are each of these teams from. Um, we have, well, I know the we first one's know. Campbell. Yeah, right? yeah, Campbell. Campbell. Pull up the, uh, it's in alphabetical order. Oh, so I'll pull it up. Yeah, yeah, just pull up the Big South. 
I know Campbell, the Buccaneers, uh, something. Southern. Robert Morris should be the Colonials. Uh, I believe I believe that's true. Just like a big South let's, Conference. Let's go Owls versus Hawks, though. I think I think you've got to give that one to the Owl. The, and an Owl is is pretty ferocious, and it can turn its head three hundred and sixty degrees. Hawks have young. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lion. The lion being in here is pretty ridiculous. Same with the Fighting Camels. A pirate too, and a buccaneer. That's essentially the same thing. I don't think there's a, any way you can argue, argue the bulldog belongs in here. But are there like multiple hawks? Because like the camels can only walk okay, around. Okay, okay. Sorry, have this, like, sorry. I wrote power. I wrote down the names as they were presented. It would just be a fighting camel, one buccaneer, oh, okay. one pirate, unless it specifies like wolf pack, like NC State does. Right. You would have to assume one it's owl, the single version one of hawk, that. Okay, so the birds aren't gonna do anything. Lion. All they're gonna do is just scratch the camel's back. Like, it's just going to do absolutely Honestly, nothing. yeah. So we're down to a fighting camel, the buccaneers, a pirate, lion, colonial. I don't think the owl or hawk stand a chance versus any of those. No. So I think the owl and the hawk are down. We're down to five. So fighting camel, which uh, she's a camel that's upset. It could be a camel on, like, roids or something. Oh, <laughs> I forgot to delete the S on buccaneer. The camel's on the roids. This could be the Barry Bonds of camels. <laughs> No, it's a fighting camel. It's just upset. Do you think the fighting Irish from Notre Dame has on steroids? Is he fighting like Tyron Woodley or is he fighting? I don't know. That photo is just like an angry camel. <laughs> How's the ASU Wi Fi treating you? Yeah, over there? Not, not well. Good? I've spent this whole time just trying to find out who's in the Big South. Uh, it's Campbell. The Buccaneers might be like somebody else. Uh, Hampton Pirates, <laughs> Wait, maybe? Let's go Buccaneers versus Pirates. What's the difference? Um, I think a Buccaneer is more. A swashbuckling <laughs> pirate. <laughs> ah, how about the? I'm a fucking ear. I, I, yeah, you know. know. What's the difference? Is that like an era pirate? We gotta well, look do, this up. Do pirates have guns? Because colonials have yes. guns. Pirates did have guns. What do you, what's the, okay, colonial is like a colonizer. Yeah. But yeah. colonials are kind of like the other oh, colonial pirates too. I know. Okay. So really, I think it comes down to the fighting camel and the lion. So buccaneers were a specific group of people operating in the Caribbean in the 1600s, they weren't necessarily, they weren't pirates. So they don't have the... Um, they, 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 this is a buccaneer. Them. The buccaneer is like your your red coat, sword with the fancy hat. Oh, the okay. pirate is like the gold tooth with the with the, the pistol. Yeah, give me the pirate. I yeah, I would, say. Take, I would so, take the pirate. So we've got a buccaneer, a fighting camel, and a lion. I guess the lion doesn't even belong in that conversation. A buccaneer and a fighting camel to get into the final four. I thought we had a pirate. Yeah, I thought we had yeah, the pirate. Yeah, we take the pirate or the buccaneer. Yeah, yeah, pirate wins. It's the fighting camel versus the buccaneer to get in this elite oh, list oh, with the pirate, oh, the oh, lion. Oh, oh, okay. The, um, the buccaneer would, would probably ride the camel, so... <laughs> <laughs> so the camel goes down. That camel's fighting that all yeah. the way up until he's so much saddled him up. But it's not yeah. a regular camel, though. What if it fights the buccaneer. I was going to say, have you seen horses kick? I imagine a camel kick is stronger than a horse kick. I don't know why. We gotta figure I don't out. know why I imagine that. They have a hump. Maybe it gives them extra kick ability. We're going to we're going to YouTube what an angry camel looks like. And if judging on what the first video shows, and you can follow along at home now, kids. Okay. <laughs> Look up fighting angry camel. Angry camel. Here we go. Oh my. That looks horrifying. That's there's a thumbnail of a camel biting someone on the face. Wait a minute. So, yeah, mute that. Okay, we gotta watch a 14-second ad. Bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. 
Honestly, I might, I might put my money on the camel. I mean, that's, that, camels that's are like, huge. Camel, like, camels are gigantic. We, we forget sometimes how huge camels are. <laughs> Once again, the ASU Wi-Fi just screwing us over. You know what? Based on the thumbnail, I'm picking the camel. I, 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 I agree. I'm sold on the camel. Oh, we've got the video. We have to keep the title Angry Camel. The, the camel's on a leash. Oh. Oh, is it? I feel like it's just about to show the camel. Just. <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. Come on, it's like it's a four-minute video. Have you guys seen that hippo video? Using the bathroom. <laughs> no. I don't know what you're into, Cole. I've been watching hippos using the bathroom. Um, okay, well, it's just a guy walking. A camel. <laughs> Why is it just a guy walking a camel for three and a half minutes? Okay, well. I feel like we're watching the intro to a live-action Aladdin movie. Um, I, I feel like we got it, though. The fighting camel, the pirate, the lion, and the colonial. Did we get a result for our last... The grizzly one. The grizzly, the grizzly one by landslide? Yeah. Okay, so the grizzly won. I guess we should have announced I'm that. I'm putting my money on the lion, though, to win this four. Like, I know the viewers oh, yeah, out You can't there. collude. You can't collude. Yeah, what are you doing? Well, I don't I'm know. I'm just saying a little betting on that. We should... We'll put this all on our respective stories to uh, promote it this week. No. Um, yeah, because we yeah. got, we, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> Cole just playing devil's advocate over here. Uh, that's it for the mascot matchup, and that brings us to our high tide. All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. What's that well, supposed to mean? Uh, high, it's a high tide. You start out on low tide, you finish in high tide. Okay. With a Pacific point of view, we're a wave. Oh, I see. It's the water thing. So do I have to like stand up and like put my hands up? They can't see us. This is a podcast, Cole. Maybe they just did it back at home. Hold on, I'm going to get it. Yeah, okay. New tradition. Every time we get to the high tide, you have to do the wave. Um, No, I hate that now (laughs) already. Any uh, parting thoughts from you guys? If ASU... First week of real football. Yeah. If ASU... What was last week? Fake football. Week zero does not count. If Southern Utah makes it a game against ASU, I'm going to be very upset. I'll just say that. If we get a repeat Sacramento State game when it was like 19-7, to I'm and, a, and that was a game, we're going to have problems. <laughs> yeah. So ASU better stomp the, 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 the uh, glowing light or whatever it was, the linebacker. Sacred light. Sacred light. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, I'm storming the field no matter what the result is of this game. Doesn't matter. ASU win, Southern Utah win. You'll see me on that field. I'll join you. I'll see you there. Wow. Even despite Hawaii losing again next week, which will inevitably happen. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, that's the tune-up game for the Oregon State uh, contest in two weeks. It's not going to be a contest. Can Hawaii actually call any game a tune-up game <laughs> is my question. <laughs> do they have tuna? Do they have tuna in Hawaii? They do have tuna in Hawaii. I don't know why. Tuna? Tuna? A tuna game? Maybe they can have something? Pokeballs. <laughs> well, this deteriorated. All right. <laughs> Week one. I'm excited. I know you guys are excited. There's no one listening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, that's everything. Just rewind back to like minute 30 when we were talking about Michael Penix Jr. And just pretend like that. It was minute 13, by the way. That's right. I think that's all from us. Uh, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And with that, we wave goodbye.